eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He is just an obsessive goal scorer. They have to understand I chose to to stay in my country because I'm French. I've got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. What they can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. Welcome to the House of Champions. I'm Ian Joyce, stunt double Jimmy Conrad. I'm here with two of my favorite people, Nigel Rio Coker and Hollywood handsome Heath Pierce. I think I said that wrong. Is handsome Hollywood Heath Pierce. I don't know. Nigel gave me this nickname. I'm like, why do we have to keep giving these more nicknames to Hollywood Heath Pierce? But here we are, and we're going to talk about the Champions League. Match day five is upon us, and there's a lot of implications as to who is going to get into the knockout rounds and who is going to drop into the Europa League and who's going home. So we're going to start with the Tuesday matches, and that is going to be Group G. So Sevilla is going to be hosting FC Copenhagen, and Borussia Dortmund is going to be hosting the mighty Manchester City. You can see the table right there if you're watching on YouTube. If you can't, I'm going to read it out to you right now. Man City, three wins and a draw on 10 points. Dortmund, two wins, one draw, one loss. They're on seven, and Sevilla and Copenhagen both on two. So that Sevilla-Copenhagen game is very important. But I think all eyes, Nigel Rio Coker, are going to be on Manchester City heading to Germany to take on Borussia Dortmund, the black and yellow. How do you see that game playing out? Because this Dortmund team seems to be rounding into form. Jimmy, it's not even worth discussing <laughs> this group. Let's be early, honest. Early Holland's on. going back to Dortmund. He's going back to Dortmund. Okay. How that, many goals is he getting then? Let's start that's there. That's just a fairy tale of it. Holland's <laughs> returning back to Dortmund. I'm sure he's probably going to score. Uh, this group is decided. Manchester City and Dortmund are going to go through. Seville and Copenhagen don't have a chance whatsoever. So okay, okay. this group is pretty much decided already, realistically. Uh, it's just going to be about the return of Haaland at Dortmund. That's all I see. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, just to add on to that, Jimmy, I, I don't even think we'll see Holland play because they're already on 10 points. It's an opportunity to rotate him. And yes, maybe the Dortmund fans won it, but maybe... 
it's a situation where it's a rare opportunity to rest him in the form that Whoa. he's in to just protect him from himself. Jimmy, I don't want to be a spoiler Listen, of all this. Wow, why not? Just, I would keep him out of, out of it. This. Like, I would let him come in, wave to everybody, do his little nope. parade, walk around, stay off the field because, you know, I don't. I, I wouldn't want that for him. Remember, yeah. he's going to have a lot of time off during the Christmas World Cup. You got to play Norway him. didn't qualify. He's going to be able to rest okay. during the World Cup period, ready for the second half of the that season. That is true. So but he, he, can but he earns $950 million a week. And so I would be protecting <laughs> that asset a little bit every once in a while, but, knowing but, that that's the case. And by the way, Jimmy, Dortmund not in the greatest form uh, at the moment. They lost well, last weekend to Union Berlin. I, and then they had, they listen, put a, they put a spanking on uh, Street I, Club, I, so, I got recency you know. bias. They had a 4-0 okay. win this weekend. And that's all that really matters to me. Okay, It's total yeah. recency bias. That's fair. But aren't we in the entertainment business? I mean, when that when yeah. the draw happened, this was one of the big storylines. Erling Holland's going back to Dortmund to face his, his former club. They got to give it to us. Pep Guardiola's got to give it. He doesn't owe it to us, but he's got to give it to us for entertainment purposes. I want to see him go up against some of his old friends and Jude Bellingham, Gio Reyna, and, and all these, these guys that he was close to for, for a little while. I don't know. I, I think that this is going to be a great game. I think Dortmund's going to be up for it. What I, I think find Dortmund very- went up. They went up one nil on the first one, right? And then I think Holland had the the, the winner. Did he not? I could be wrong. Completely yeah, they wrong were up. That, they were up. Yes, Holland that's when Holland scored won that kind of uh, Marco Royce. Marco Royce. Oh yeah, yeah, that was end. sick. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That was wild. I think. I think. Listen. I think Pep will give Holland the swan song of returning home. I definitely think so. I don't think he'll play a full ninety minutes at all. I think maybe he might give him half and half a game. Um, just to keep the guys fresh and keep them motivated. But that's about it. But that group is done. Really and truly. Okay. Yeah, so Sevilla's in third and, and Copenhagen. They're both on two points. That one will have implications. Whoever finishes in the third, for everybody that doesn't know, drops into the Europa League. And Sevilla's definitely going to want to drop into there. They obviously have great success as a team. Sevilla's going to want to pick up their domestic form first, Jimmy, though. That's true. Greatly domestic. No, no, form. no. That's fair. Hey, Copenhagen, Copenhagen's going to want to pick up their domestic form. They have, And they haven't scored in the group stages of the Champions League. They, their last goal in the Champions League, uh, uh, Copenhagen, was their first qualifier of their two-legged play-in into the Champions League, and they haven't scored since then. So they got a lot, they got a lot to they got a lot of work. Well. There's a lot of work yeah. to do for both of those clubs, but it will be interesting. There is something at stake for both of those, and I just wanted to add that. All right, let's move over to Group E. We got RB Salzburg hosting Chelsea, who are coming off a 1-1 draw with Manchester United. Dinamo Zagreb hosting AC Milan, who are coming off a great win themselves. Milan 4-1 over Monza this weekend. The table, Chelsea is on top with seven points. Salzburg on six. So it's a battle of the top two in Austria on this match day five. Zagreb on four. Milan on four. So obviously there's a lot of implications. This group, this group, what I love about Group E is super wide open. Heath, I'll come to you first. What are you expecting out of the all of both of these matches? And, and what do you think the scores are going to be? Give me some predictions while you give some analysis. Yeah, there's some weird uh, implications in this. Obviously, Salzburg, as you can see, still the only team undefeated in that group. Uh, but they're taking on Chelsea. Chelsea, who need to win this one and truly need to. If you go back to the, the first result, Graham Potter's first game was the Salzburg match where they were able to come out with a draw. And then AC Milan uh, having to, to get a result against Zagreb. The good thing is, as I talked about Erling Holland and Man City and rotation, whatever, AC Milan are going to play the best team. They don't have to play anybody difficult in Serie A from now until, until the, the break for the World Cup. So they need to be able to establish themselves in this one. And then uh, Zagreb just naturally haven't played uh, haven't played well um against AC Milan historically and so I think uh, it should fi- finish out in the way that we see it now in the table I would think but FC Salzburg if they're not able to or RB Salzburg 
Um, if they're not able to get a result against Chelsea, even a point, it leaves the, that door wide open for AC Milan to slip in and Salzburg maybe fall out after being undefeated after four match days. No, no, Nigel. AC, AC Milan had four points Jeez. after six. Okay, it's three draws. I know. Year. I'm. I know. I'm creating some uh, false narratives by saying undefeated. It's one win in their four, but they're still undefeated. I don't know. Milan. Milan, though, four points. They had four points after six games last time around. Seemed to be stumbling again. They lost back-to-back games to Chelsea, Nigel. But they did beat Dinamo Zagreb in Italy on match day two, three to one. That's a big and one. Do you think, you think Milan's going to get in and get into the knockout Mi- rounds? You yeah, Milan's going to get in. I okay. see a Milan win and I see a Chelsea win. I think it's going to be Chelsea and Milan to make it through to the next stages. Um, wow. Chelsea haven't been convincing, as always, but I think that Graham Potter knows that they have to win this game. It's not a game they can take easy and say, okay, we can rest on our morals, that we'll be okay. It's a game where basically all these games in this group, it's in their own hands. They're not relying on other results. So I feel when it gets to that kind of nitty gritty and that kind of pressure, I can see Chelsea definitely going as strong as they can, going all out to get the win against Salzburg, even though they're away from home. I feel they've got that extra bit of quality that's needed. And I think that they're growing stronger as they continue to go. Um, even without a convincing performance against Manchester United this weekend, they got the draw. So I think that they'll definitely go for the win there. And I think AC Milan will beat Dynamo Zagreb because they know what's at stake as well. And I can see Chelsea and Milan making it out of this group. I will say, Jimmy, last point on that is that AC Milan do host FC Salzburg uh, in the last match day of the group stages. And that Which if they are able to get a re- second. Yeah. yeah. If they are able to get a win uh, on this match, match day five and, ju- and leapfrog a, a Salzburg, assuming they lose to Chelsea, they would be up a point and that changes the whole dynamic of the result that they'll need to get. So this, this one obviously hugely important. Yeah, it's, it's really important. And it will set up for a very exciting match day six, no matter really how it plays out. I mean, Milan's got to win to obviously keep it. Uh, in the conversation, but Chelsea only given up one goal in their last six. And that was that Casemiro header that barely eked over the line this past weekend. So definitely having it figured out on that side of the ball, which is interesting from Graham Potter. You, you kind of liken that type of style or that type of uh, clean sheet statistic to Thomas Tuchel, but fair play to Graham Potter for kind of finding a new way for them to, to get results. All right, let's move over to the next group. And that will be Group H. So we got Benfica is hosting Juventus. Obviously, Benfica coming off a big win away from home against Porto. And then PSG taking on and hosting Maccabi Haifa. Now, PSG are on top of the table with eight. Benfica have eight. Maccabi Haifa have three. And Juventus have three. Maccabi Haifa with the big results against Juventus at home. 2-0 on match day four. I don't know. I don't know. Nigel, where do you want to go with this one? I think that PSG are probably going to end up winning this overall. But this Benfica-Juventus result is interesting. If Juve can beat Benfica, that would put Benfica on eight and Juventus on six. And then there's probably a last chance, last gasp. But Juve is going to have to host PSG to get a result potentially. they got to win their last two and hope that Benfica don't. So there's a a lot of luck. Jimmy, have you yeah, seen this what, Juventus what? team recently? I have. I have. Listen, let's just say <laughs> yeah, they the just put a lady... beating on. Who was it? Empoli over the weekend or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, come off it. Yeah. Come on, that's come not, on. That's not let's Champions go. League. Weston McKinney, huge the game. Let's go. Last game, Nigel. This, come on. Listen, the old lady is looking very old in the Champions League <laughs> and out of context, right? The old lady needs to reinvent herself because the only team in this group that can throw a span in the works of a result is Mahabi Haifa. They really are a difficult team at home. But I think that this group is going to stay as it stands. It's going to be Paris Saint-Germain and Benfica to go through to the next round. Juventus right now are in a complete rebuilding process. And in the rebuilding, and not just the players and the recruitment, 
But also, I think the manager has to come on the question now because they've nowhere, they've been nowhere near it at Champions League level. Yeah, he yeah, any thoughts on this group you know, in, in particular? I mean, uh, only that uh, where I see the risk is that obviously uh, Benfica are playing at home against Juve and Juve need to win this one. Unfortunately, Benfica are, I think, unbeaten in 17, something like that, close to 20 matches since the start of the season across competitions. And so it is going to be a very difficult uh, difficult match for them, uh, but they need to. They win. They need to win out. Juventus have to win out to have any chance, and they need some help from from Benfica along the way. And I just don't see that that happening in this one. And then obviously, I expect PSG to to, to take care of business against Maccabi Haifa after giving up, you know, drawing twice against uh, uh, Benfica in the group stages. Yeah, I, what I find interesting, and Nigel, let's just talk about a bigger narrative around this group in particular. I think Christophe Galtier with PSG has done an excellent job of finding some harmony between his star players, maybe something that lacked under Mauricio Pochettino. And we know that's probably more to the style and implementation of a system overall, which I think gives those guys a little bit more freedom to combine and maybe not worry about it so much defensively. But I do see some leak, leaky defending from PSG, and maybe oh. that's because they don't have that many numbers, which I think can hurt them in the knockout rounds. So they're going to be fine in the group stages. So I want your thoughts on that. But I also want to hear your thoughts on if Juve get knocked out, and, and drop into the Europa League or don't even get fourth and don't even qualify for anything else. At what point do you think Maxi Allegri, it's just going to be so undeniable that you got to fire Maxi Allegri that Juve would do it, even though he's gotten, uh, he's going to be here the whole season, uh, pat on the back from, from the, the board of Juve. Well, I'll start with that first, Jimmy. I think it's okay. very strange. I don't think they're going to sack Maxi Allegri. I think that the fans are backing Maxi Allegri. And again, I think it's because of uh, a bit of a past love affair with Maxi Allegri and what he did for the, club yeah, yeah, previously point. to what they can see now because what they're turning their attention to is they're claiming that the players who are wearing the shirt are not fitting not deserving of wearing the shirt and it's not the manager the club have come and said they're going to back him we're going to stick with him to the, the the season it's a building project so it's a difficult situation I think for a club like Juventus if they do drop into the next competition the UEFA League that that is a realistic competition they should aim to try and win just to bring in some silverware just to represent and respect the magnitude of the club because there's the, the players have to understand now there's going to be no changes. There really is going to be no changes. Vlatovic hasn't been as good as we thought he would be. I thought he would be a lot better there. But again, when you've got a player like Vlatovic, it's the same conversation we've had. He needs service. He hasn't had service. Did Maria's come back in? Now he might be injured, but he'll be ready for the World Cup. No surprise. Paul Pogba came in as a creative tool. He hasn't been fit, but he's going to be ready for the World Cup. Hasn't played in perfect harmony for what Juventus might have imagined or wanted. But the reality is the performances just haven't been good enough domestically as well as in Champions League level. Um, when you talk about Paris Saint-Germain, Jimmy, I think for me, um, they've always been questionable defensively. I think that they're a great team. Without a doubt, they've probably got the best attacking threat the world football has ever seen with Mbappe, Neymar and, and Messi involved in that. But defensively, they've always been questionable. And I think as well as they're gelling into a bit of a team dynamic currently at the moment, playing against good oppositions who also have half-decent threats going forward, there'll be loads of problems caused in this Paris Saint-Germain yeah. side because defensively, yeah. they're still being questionable. You look at every game that they've played in the group stages, they've given good opportunities to opposition. And yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think they're the, the solid full package. I think what's going to happen, and this is me speculating, of course, because you never know, but when Chiesa comes back in January, when Angel Di Maria gets healthy, they're just a different side. And then Philip Kostic, who they got from Eintracht Frankfurt, who had a great assist this past weekend against Empoli to Moise Ken, 
they need more of that from him in the Champions League in particular if they're going to have any chance to get into the knockout rounds, especially in place of that that creative engine that Angel Di Maria is. So, yeah, I agree with you that I don't think they're going to sack him either. I think they're going to give him a chance to get Chiesa back into the team. Then we'll see what that, that Juve looks like. Pogba will be back in the team at that point too. And then they're going to really have their top 11 to choose from. But they might be suffering a little bit until then, which could see them get knocked out of the Champions League. All right, I've let's get into question. Wait, go please, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. How much of a miss do you reckon Dybala is for Juventus? It's really hard to pinpoint. It's a great question. It's really hard to pinpoint what the miss is for Juventus right now, right? Is because if you go back to last season, they were missing what felt like pieces to being the Juventus that we had of old. Now, Juventus aren't the team that you look at in the way that you did in the past where you say, well, uh, Serie A is automatic. And then the part two to that is, can they win the Champions League? They're building a team for the Champions League. This team isn't built to win Serie A and it's not built to win Champions League either in terms of just the pure quality they have on the field. Now, is Dybala a miss? Absolutely. Is Pogba a miss right now? Absolutely. Is Chiesa a miss? Absolutely. But you add all those pieces together and do they win Do they win out in the group stages? Maybe. But they're still not an 11-player or a 16- or 17-player uh, deep team that you're able to look at and go, they should cruise through the group stages and at least finish in second comfortably in this one. I don't know. If, that, if you had your best team on the field and you added those pieces, would they still be good enough to to get out of these the, the group stages? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What's your take on that? I think he's a big miss. I think he's a big miss because we can see what he's doing for Roma right now. And he was that kind of X factor. To a similar degree, it's what we say about how Saudi Mane is such a big miss for Liverpool. I'll put Dybala in the same category for Juventus. He really is the big mix, the X factor, can make things happen in that final third, can create and also score goals. And that is what they're really struggling to do right now. And we all know, when you're playing in a team, you can have great players. But when you're not winning, your confidence goes. Your confidence takes a knock. And again, unless you get the right manager in place, the right coach in place, with the right characters and personnel in that team, you can find yourself in a very dark place very quickly. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Juve do in particular. And there's a couple clubs that are in this situation of should they sack their manager? Should, should they? Should they not? and how that could impact their future moving forward in the short term and in the long term. All right, let's move on to our last group. Now, all the groups we've talked about so far are the ones that are happening on Tuesday. We'll take a break and we'll get into Wednesdays. But we're going to get into the last one here. And it is Group F. So we have Celtic, the mighty Celtic, hosting Shakhtar Donetsk and RB Leipzig hosting Real nope. Madrid. Madrid are on you top with 10. Them, you can't, Jimmy, you cannot call them the mighty Celtic in context of your Thank right you, now, Heath. You know. Thank you. You can they, call them the mighty how Celtic. How are they? The one and only but mighty Celtic. Call them. The mighty this Celtic is, in the context oh, of Europe. Sorry, you could this say is, the well-supported Celtic. Well-supported. This is my my inside joke. When I was a kid, I played for the Upland Celtic on loan, and their cheer was the one and only mighty Celtic. And then we go out and take the field. So it's kind of just been stuck in my brain. <laughs> All right, you, Real Madrid. Real. What's that? Did you guys were you were you actually big and mighty, or how you how were you guys as a team? Well, I was I I can't I was a loan player just for tournaments, and uh, we were all right. You know, they loaned you out for tournaments. Yeah, you could at that time you could do, you know, because you were registered with another youth club. And then if you wanted to go loan, because it was uh, I was playing a year up. So it was OK if I play whatever. We don't need to get into Wait, this Jimmy, place. you were a talented young player then. I didn't know that you that you got to play a year up. I did. I played a year up. 
Wow. Because because I skipped a grade when I was a kid, so it made N- sense. Nig- to me to Ni- oh, Nigel look played at like me. I'm so smart. I skipped. I was grade. smart. I don't know if yeah. I'm smart anymore, Ni- but I was. Nigel smart s- Nigel played like nine years up from the time he was like. <laughs> yeah, seven, yeah. You know? yes, yes. <laughs> that's a big difference. Is we were throwing you with the big boys real early. I don't know. I feel yeah. like Nigel yeah. was born with hair on his chest. You know, he was yeah, already right, a grown right. ass man. I was listening to me. Let's not get those jokes because I was born in England. Okay, I have my British birth certificate. I was born in London. This isn't one of those stories here. All right. All right. Let's get into Group F here. Real Madrid on top with 10. RB Leipzig on six. Shakhtar Donetsk in third on fifth. And fourth, uh, Celtic with one. They're going to... Well, thanks for coming to Group F, everybody there. But uh, there's a battle there for second and third between Leipzig and Shakhtar. But Leipzig have to host Real Madrid. Now, in all due respect, Leipzig's been pretty good since they made the manager change from Domenico Tedesco to Marco Rose. And they're coming off of down 3-0 to Augsburg this past weekend. Scored three in the second half to make it 3-3. So a little momentum there that where that, that tie feels like more of a win than it would be a loss, as Augsburg probably feels. Real Madrid, though, Carlo Ancelotti came out this weekend and said that this is probably the best team he's ever coached in his whole career. So they are absolutely flying right now. And they beat Sevilla 3-1 without Kareem Benzema. Rodrigo, solid. We had uh, Vinicius look great. Fede Valverde hit another banger. Three goals in three games for him. And, and uh, I don't know, going to Germany, maybe Madrid struggles a bit. But Celtic are going to be hosting at home at Celtic Park. Shakhtar Donetsk, who also needs points. Uh, hey. Nigel, I'll come to you first. I'll go to Nigel first. Sorry, Heath. We're going to go to Nigel first. Any, anything you're seeing here, who do you think is going to win the group? No, no, let's, go with, let's go with Heath first. The one note I wanted, to, I wanted to say about this is if you go back again to just – the 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 punishment the punishment of of mistakes in the Champions League or keeping yourself in the matches is Shakhtar. If you look at the table right now, would have been on seven points had they been able to squeak out that result against Real Madrid. We know that they did it a couple mm-hmm. seasons uh, in in the past when they're when Real Madrid is playing at the Alf- Alfredo de Stefano Stadium. But this is one where 95th minute Antonio Rudiger gets them the point, secures that for Real Madrid. We knew they were going to go through, but Shakhtar Donetsk now in a completely different scenario than they would have been. And now they have to go about uh, getting results in a different way. Against a, a Celtic side, by the way, who I do think uh, are are down and out, and Shakhtar are having to play away from home. Celtic are are solid at home, but Celtic have now lost seven of their last home matches in the group stages of the Champions League. So it's not like it's the fortress like we've seen or or known Celtic to be. So this is one for Shakhtar. They could ruffle some feathers in this group and maybe even squeak out a, a second place finish against, like you said, Jimmy, an RB Leipzig side that's pretty good right now. Yeah, they are very good. Uh, any thoughts on this, Nigel? Yeah, just Real Madrid is, is, is already done. Let's just leave them alone. Like you said, it's about that second spot. I think Leipzig have definitely turned it on. And this is what's interesting about this group is Leipzig and Shakhtar are no easy teams to beat. They know what's at stake. Yes, Celtic are a very well-supported team. I don't know about the mighty Celtic. As Jimmy <laughs> said, but they're very well-supported in the sense of that. Um, they all want to play with pride. It's a difficult place to go and get a result. But I think Shakhtar know what's at stake. Shakhtar have that Champions League experience more so than Celtic, especially in the most recent couple of years. And you just feel that really and truly, Heath, this is about that second spot. It really is about that Leipzig and Shakhtar. And I would I would personally just tip the slight edge to Leipzig to go through over Shakhtar. Hmm. Well, yeah, by, by the way, I think the ma- final match day, match day six is, is Leip- Leipzig against Shakhtar. So it could really come down to that. As a as a final moment, which um, that that's know, I what that I think it not, could come down to. Yeah. That that last game will be the one that's definitely needed. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. All right, everybody, we're gonna take our first and only break of the House of Champions. When we come back, we'll break down all of the groups that'll be performing and playing 
on Match Day 5 on the Wednesday slate of things, so don't go anywhere. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nigel, we're going to jump in next then until uh, we get Jimmy back because it looks like he hopped off and uh, dealing with some uh, technical difficulties. But uh, coming out of the break, let's move on to Group C then. And, and obviously, we'll throw up Group C uh, right onto the board here uh, for the matchups. But we got... Um, I just lost it there. Barcelona taking on Bayern Munich, obviously an Inter uh, playing against Victoria. Inter coming off of a, a huge last gasp uh, win over the weekend uh, in, in Syria and and now coming into this one. Bayern Munich perfect uh, uh, in this one before taking on Barcelona. Barcelona needing that result as well uh, as they t- as they play against Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich have been very good. Uh, here's, a, here's a little bit of a fun fact for you on the, uh, the Barcelona-Bayern front is that Bayern have... Uh, dominated Barcelona in the last four games, scoring 16 goals um, and conceding only two. Bayern's so good, but obviously Lewandowski also co-top of the golden boot race with uh, Erling Haaland. And uh, so that's going to be a matchup there. I mean, what from the Bayern-Barcelona game or 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 Inter-Victoria uh, Pilsen uh, are you interested in? Obviously, Inter needing to win to, to keep themselves in that second place spot, but Bayern fighting, fighting to, I mean, Barcelona fighting to... Uh, steal that second spot and uh, and get into the knockout rounds. Heath, I think Bayern Munich can really throw a span in the works in this group. They're, they're comfortably through to the next round. Now they can really think if they want and change their team around. But again, is it something that Bayern Munich will do because of what it means for Champions League and the records and the games and everything that goes on there? But I feel they have an opportunity to throw the span in the works. I think for me, Barcelona still is a work in development because every time they've come across that 1% club, that club that's seen in the same kind of league as them, they've struggled. They haven't got the results. They lost to El Clasico. They lost to Bayern Munich. They lost to Inter Milan. So you really do worry whether Barcelona are at that level where they can beat these 1% club, especially what's at stake now. So it's going to be very, very interesting in this group. And I, I, I personally think the Inter Milan have that belief right now and that desire. If they can play with the same commitment that they took to the new Camp, I think that they should be able to match and be able to be anyone, really and truly. If that desire and that commitment, they can definitely get the results. I would say favor would lie with Bayern and Inter going through, and I just can't see Barcelona doing it. I think that... Well, here's, I mean, here's, here's where it gets a little tricky, though. I mean, you go down to match day six, and Barcelona have to play away to, to, to Victoria Pilsen. Which, if you're Barcelona, you like you like that. They're on zero points. They've lost all four matches. And Inter Milan have to get a result at that point, potentially, against Bayern Munich if it goes this way. So are you still sitting on the fence and, and, and suggesting it, it finishes the same? Because it's going to come down to it. 
It's definitely going to come down to it. But then you got to think again, by that time, Bayern Munich are mighty through already anyway. And then you got, yeah. you got the World Cup coming. Some players might not need to play in there already. You got to think about the next okay. round of the Champions League, injury risks and domestic form. So they're going to have an opportunity where they could rest so many players. And I know they're still going to be in the set, the, a high level of expectancy from the players that come in to perform. But still, if they lose, it's not going to be the end of the world because they're comfortably through already. So that's what you've got to look at as well, where there's more desperation from Inter Milan and Barcelona than there is from Bayern Munich. Okay. From uh, from the, the experts' uh, mouth to our ears, I think uh, this is going to be a really tight group that uh, we're going to have to figure out who goes through on that one. I'm not confident of anything. You're not confident. I, I, I certainly. Well, I'm not confident that Barcelona aren't going to go through. I, I, Heath, I'm telling you now, I'm confident. I, I think I'm confident now that they won't go through. They really okay. haven't been able to beat teams who are as, as established as they are in that 1%. The, Dembele has been an absolute sensational form. My thing when I look at this Barcelona team is they play great football, but they are lacking that real bite in the final yeah. third. Lewandowski's got goals. He's done well when he can, but against better quality and high-end oppositions, they struggle. They keep great possession, but they lack that bite. Everything goes through Dembele currently. Everything is about Dembele and it's becoming too much. Yeah, I mean, Barcelona have to get past Bayern at home in, in, in match day five. And then on match day six, uh, they'll take on Pilsen. If they can get to that point with the result, I, I like their odds. However, uh, Inter Milan uh, in this one, um, playing their final day against Bayern. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Well, I, but I, I, I'm going to ride. I'm going to ride with you on that. So let's move on. Let's <laughs> move on from that one. Let's let's move to Group A, where we got Ajax taking on Liverpool, and uh, Napoli will be playing Rangers, a very uh, defeated European Rangers, uh, in the way that they came out against, or it, not the way they came out. They came out really strong against Liverpool to start the match, and then fell apart, giving Mo Salah his, I believe, his quickest hat trick ever in six minutes or nine minutes or something crazy like that. But in this one, as I mentioned already, you've got those matchups of Ajax taking on Liverpool, uh, Napoli on Rangers. Is there any any one of those uh, standing out for you that that you want to discuss, or is this is this group pretty much wrapped up? It's a difficult one. I think Ajax have a chance, but it's not in their hands. It really is in the hands of Liverpool and the performance that Liverpool puts in. Like I said, Liverpool is going to be very inconsistent. It's really hard to kind of. Uh, predict what they need to do is Ajax definitely need to beat Liverpool in their next matchup to give themselves half a chance. Napoli are clearly through. Um, Rangers for me don't have a chance at all. And I think Napoli are going to put um, Rangers to the sword again in their next uh, encounter. Um, I would still say just because of experience and the players that they have and management, I'll give Liverpool the edge to, to make sure they definitely get through to the next round. Yeah, and they only need, obviously, uh, a, a draw in this one. I'm playing away at, at Amsterdam Arena. It's never an easy task, but Liverpool are still Liverpool at the end of the day. Yes, and and exactly. against an Ajax, maybe against the Napoli, I would, I would say something different. But against an Ajax, um, who've only got one, one win so far in this group stages and multiple draws, I think Liverpool can figure out a way to add to that draw list and make it a fourth draw and secure themselves a spot um, in, in the final round. All right, so let's move on from there then because that one's, that one's pretty well... Uh, organized. We'll get into our, our final two groups. Group D now. Move over to that one uh, with with Spurs taking on Sporting Lisboa and uh, Frankfurt. Oh, oh yeah. say, say it you again. Sporting like uh, Lisboa. Uh, Lisboa. Oh, so it's not Lisboa. No, Lisboa. no Lisboa. it could be Lisbon. Okay. Uh, Lisbon, yeah. if you want. Uh, uh, the British among say, us uh, will say Lisbon. You go Lisboa. Yeah, Lisbon. Okay. Yeah, I call Lisbon as well. But once in a while, you got to show that you've traveled a little bit. You know, been to a few places. Uh, 
and and know how the locals might uh, be able to say that. All right, so obviously in this one, Spurs uh, coming off of a loss uh, over the weekend, uh, a tough loss, uh, by the way, and then uh, and Sporting playing in this one and Frankfurt playing against Marseille. This is another group, probably the closest group of any of the group tables. Uh, with with for those of you that are listening to this, Tottenham sitting at top of the table with seven points. Marseille just behind them. Them they also lost, I believe, over the weekend with yeah, with uh, uh, with six points. Sporting on a Sporting Club du Portugal. I don't think it's Sporting Lisboa anymore. Sporting Club du, du Portugal on six points, and then Eintracht Frankfurt, the Europa League winners, sitting just behind them on four points. So a match matches that are that are wide open and definitely going to go down to the fourth uh, or the sixth and final match day to to have a decider. But it, it, with regard to match day five. Uh, Nigel Tottenham taking on Sporting Frankfurt versus Marseille. What do you want to see in this one, and who do you see coming coming out of this uh, match day uh, with the points? This is tough. I mean, hey, for me, when the performances and the games that I've seen, I would have to say Antwerp Frankfurt for me. As much as they've still got a chance, I'll probably say they're the least likely to get make it through. Tottenham for me are, are in control. Um, they play better when they play that five in midfield, as we saw them play today against Newcastle, but just lacking that real bit of um, bite in the final third. I think that Conte is going to want a reaction from that game. And there's going to be a lot of eyes on Tottenham this weekend. And I can see them getting the job done. I think for me, Marseille are probably the, the one that's mostly inconsistent in that group where some games you'd expect Marseille to get the result and get the win. They've got a good thing going at the moment, but they still have that little bit of inconsistency about them. Sporting Club Portugal, as you said, Heath, mm. I think they're the surprise package. I think they really are a well-coached team. And this is why Aston Villa currently chasing their manager and uh, very interested in him coming to take the Aston Villa job. But I think that there could be the team that could get out of it with Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, look, and here's the reality in terms of Marseille is they are just not, obviously, weren't able to get a result uh, recently uh, against PSG in the league. They lost to, 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 to Lunds over the weekend. They uh, were able to get a result against Sporting on, on the fourth match day. Uh, but just their their league form alone. The reason that we are mentioning them uh, in the in the grander context is they were in a title race in Liga, but their form has recently dipped. They're not getting those resorts. That this is sort of their their. I, I hate to get into the whole like salvaging of the season because they can still finish in the Champions League spot and they're still a fantastic team. But they are in prime position in a group that's very winnable. Not necessarily winnable, but in terms of. Uh, reaching that goal of qualifying for the knockout rounds. They are in a prime position to be able to do that. However, uh, for them to do that, they're going to have to be able to get a result away from home against against Frankfurt. Do you think that they could finish uh, all, all three points against the Frankfurt side that, like you said, you don't think will go through? I think they can get it against Frankfurt, yeah. That, that's the thing. They can get it, but again, it just depends which one turns up. Again, it goes to the inconsistency factor. We've seen it when they've been in great position, league form, but it's, it's recently dropped. So there is still questions about that. And I just think that for me, Frankfurt are just not quite up there yet at that level when it comes to quality-wise, uh, player-wise, to be able to compete in this Champions League. Okay. And now Spurs Spurs Sporting, right, as, as, as I know you've already touched on. But this is a big one, right? Because if Marseille win, that puts them at nine points. And then Spurs Sporting, if, if Spurs were able to pull this off, regardless of their weekend result uh, and, and the Premier League, if they pull this off, that's going to create a really tight uh, final day where you would have Tottenham on 10 and safe. You would have uh, Marseille on nine, and then it would come down to 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 that final match day. Do you, do you see it sticking like this, Group D, Group D table with Spurs on top, Marseille second, Sporting third? No, I think the, um, 
I think Sporting will get the result. I really do. I think Marseille will let it slip somehow. But the big thing about this group, Peeve, is it's going to go down to the last day. It really mm. is going to go down to the last day. And don't get me wrong, I wouldn't say Tottenham are just the out-and-out favourites and the clear best team in the group. No, because they have their moments too. Obviously, like we said, they lost today to Newcastle. You can clearly see what Conte's been saying about this Tottenham side, that they still need another two or three transfer windows in order to be able to compete at that level of competing for Premier League titles and also competing in the Champions League. So he knows what he's talking about. He's a manager that's been there and done it. And uh, he's calling for strength in depth. So this group is still open, but I'm going to go with my gut and saying that I feel that Tottenham and Sporting will be the two that make it out of this group. Okay, there it is. All right, well, so let's move on to our final group then. Uh, group B, this is a wild one for me uh, when, when, when we look at the Group B matchups just because as you look at the table, Nigel, and as uh, if I were to come back to you at the very beginning of these, these, these group uh, stages, and I said to you, Club Whoa. Bruges would be sitting at the top uh, undefeated on 10 points with two match days left. Would you believe it? Would you believe that they've been the ones sort of I, taking the points on everybody? Three wins in the group stages so far? I mean, it's wild. There's not a weak team in here. You got FC Porto behind them on six points. You got Atletico Madrid on four points. Bayer Leverkusen, who had a slow start to the Champions League as well as uh, to, to their, their actual domestic campaign. Just another big club. I mean, would, would you have believed that if I told you they'd be on top and disrupting this whole thing? Because if you were Atletico or FC Porto or even Bayer Leverkusen, you go, I like my odds to get out of this group stages. And now they find themselves in trouble with two match days left. I wouldn't have believed it, Heath, at all. I think for me, when you look at Club Bruges, they've been consistent in the fact of being in the Champions League for the past what, five or six years consecutively. No problem. But to be competing at the level that they are right now, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Atalanta when Atlanta came in and surprised everyone the football and the style of play. But what Club Bruges have been doing very well is the recruiting. A lot of top young talent from around Europe are playing there and they're applying their trade in the Champions League and they've been doing fantastically well. I think this is the one thing that I don't think anyone would have predicted to see in this group right now. But I think that there's not going to be much change. I think Atletico Madrid, yes, they do like a little late invite to the party, as we know. But I just don't feel they've got the players that's needed at that club to be able to spoil this party. I think that's going to finish as it is with Club Rouge and Porto being the two teams that go through. Bayern Leverkusen, again, another German team that's done well, but not really at that quality level that's needed for the Champions League with what's at stake now. And I can't see um, I can't see Atletico being able to, to turn it around as they normally do. Well, for, for, for context's sake, right, you've got uh, Atletico Madrid taking on Leverkusen. So points to be taken from somebody... Uh, at, that are below the line right now in this match day five. Do you think that it'll be a split of points and they'll be both stuck down there, almost taking the loss of not getting a full three points because both Bayer Leverkusen and Atletico Madrid go into this match needing all three points. Do you think it'll finish level because of that? I think what makes it interesting is great is that Bayer Leverkusen, if they get the win, that's six points for them. So they're still in the race. So both teams can't take it easy. Uh, they both really have to go for it. There's a lot at stake. And it could be one of those ones where Bayer Leverkusen just have to treat it like a cup final. And when you come out like that mentality, that real aggressive cup final, life or death kind of moment, you can shock people and get the result. Because we know what we're going to expect from Atletico. It's going to be sit back, defend, try and score, get a goal in a counter-attacking situation. But if they go one or two goals down, they're a different team. They're not the same animal that we saw under Diego Simeone five or six years back. 
And then looking at Club Bruges taking on FC Porto, an opportunity for both of them to cement themselves into the knockout rounds. I think Club Bruges is already there, obviously. But, but um, you know, for FC Porto, a win for them in this one uh, would, would secure themselves a spot and really secure that one-two uh, in, in in the group stages, do you think that they see Bruges as a winnable match considering that Bruges have been the team on top of the table and cruising through this entire competition? Yeah, I, th- I think that they do see it as a winnable match as well as Bruges has done, as surprising as they've been for everyone to see. They're still a, a young, inexperienced side, so to speak, where Porto has a greater amount of experienced players in that team. Um, you're talking about Pepe still there as well, playing and doing really well, a leader for that Porto team. So you yeah, do they crushed that- Leverkusen twice, you know, Leverkusen yes. again, another young squad and not the same, you know, quality that we saw from them uh, last season. But Porto, you know, smashed on them both times in back to back matches. So they've, they've obviously got some quality, but they lost over the weekend, obviously, to an unfortunate red card. But they lost over the weekend to Benfica domestically. Do you think that will have any sort of shaping or, or, or effect on, on the way in which they approach this one against Bruges away from home? No, nah, I think it will be the same. I think it will be a very experienced um Porto side we're going to see out there. Um, they're probably going to go there and they know that the game doesn't have to be won in the first 15, 20 minutes. They'll be well-organized, well-disciplined. And uh, if Bruges take unnecessary risks, you can see Porto capitalizing on that because they've got the great experience in the sense of the players that they have at that club. While Bruges, as we discussed, is still a young club, a lot of tremendous young talent. But with that, you, there's no price he f- for experience. There's no price for experience in the game of football. And that's what Porto have. That's well said, uh, Nigel Rio Coker, with some unbelievable analysis. And by the way, I never really updated uh, people that were listening why Jimmy Conrad never came back. His computer crashed. It was artificial intelligence. But yeah, it was just <laughs> again we hit. We, he he had to pay the price uh, of of his of his computer not coming back uh, online, and he wasn't able to join us. But I'm tell you, Nigel, that just means more room for talking for you and I. More 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 uh, fresh air, open air for us to take it and run with it as we please, as opposed to Jimmy always quarterbacking us and pushing us into the things that he wants to get out of the show. But that's it. That wraps it up. Any final thoughts from you, Nigel, uh, before we close out this show? Now, looking forward to New York, looking forward to this week's Champions League. Uh, we've seen some exciting group stages games and just can't wait to get into it to see. And as we know in football, you can never write teams off because anything is possible. And the best saying I heard in football when I was young, Heath, was it's a funny old game. It is a funny old game indeed. So thanks for mu- thanks so much for listening to House of Champions. Please take a minute and leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're also available as videos, so subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that notification bell to make sure that you are getting each and every one of these videos, whether live or on demand. And on behalf of myself, Heath Pierce, Nigel Rio Coker, Jimmy Conrad, partially uh, until we lost him, our production team. And of course, this will all go back to being uh, your standard regular programming with the crew that runs this show. It's been an honor to be a part of this, uh, and we will see you guys next time.